0: digitally yours podcasts episode 9
1: Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Digital Yours podcast, a podcast series that brings you an in-depth look into the digital landscape in North Africa. I'm your host, Esela Vini, and in today's episode, we will focus on the use of technology to leverage civil society work and what challenges are being faced in local contexts. As you may know by now, this season's theme is to examine and discuss a government and civic tech initiatives in North Africa, all through what we call a beyond the hype loop. It's a reality check to spot opportunities, discuss challenges, and see the way forward. Well, to do all of that, we are pleased today to be joined by Ismail Souk, Executive Director of Simpson Participation Citoyenne, a Moroccan NGO that supports citizens' participation in public debates through the use of technology. Without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. so executive director of Simpson Participation Citoyenne. Welcome to the Yours podcast.
0: Thank you very much, Yusuf. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having us.
1: So, my let's start by the very beginning and give our audience a little bit of background on your work. What uh, what Simpson Participation Citoyenne is working on in Morocco?
0: Yeah, so Simpson Participation Citoyenne is quite uh, like a new organization. Uh, it was founded in 2014. Um, since then, we've been working. Um, our first project was with um, the Moroccan Parliament, the noabook.ma platform. It is um, a website platform that people can use to reach out to their representatives in Parliament. Um, and we uh, work pretty much with all the political parties represented in the first chamber, chamber of representatives, and we use their interests to engage them in different activities um, with citizens, communication, sharing information about what's happening inside parliament, um, collaborations on legislation with civil society, and pretty much everything, I think, we try to get them to work with citizens and civil society, share information about parliament, Um, and also just to promote a culture of uh, openness, accountability and transparency within the institution. Uh, But since we have also expanded to work on access to information uh, generally in Morocco, and we also work in the MENA region on a project called the Innovation for Change. And it's a project that aims to create uh, technological uh, alternatives that civil society and activists can use in restrictive contexts in the MENA region. To do, the, to do their work. So we try to come up with uh, solutions online that they can use to overcome whatever restrictions um, exist um, in their contexts.
1: Okay, so before diving deep into uh, your work with the parliament in in Morocco or the region, um, I'd love to ask Ismail, as someone who has experience both in relation to civic tech, but also in relation to, let's say, the youth participation, we usually, in a way, tend to rely, or let's say we have uh, this tendency to to project everything te- uh, technical and digital for the young people only. Um, do you think it's really a generational thing, or is it, for instance, your work and your initiatives are more like for everyone else, and it's not, it's no longer a generational thing?
0: I, I, I think, I think, you know, um, civic tech. I think it does uh, provide, like, civil society with opportunities to reach out to, you know, bigger, like, wider populations. Uh, I do not believe that there should be something that's only based on like online platforms or online engagement, because I don't think it can always be inclusive. Uh, we exist, I think um, it is very important. I mean, now working at this time like on Civic Tech, trying to engage youth on online platforms, there are opportunities, but there are also challenges. Um, there's definitely engagement because we believe that if you want to engage youth or citizens you have to go where they exist where they where they are and online platforms social media uh, is a place that where they exist currently but you should you should also be very aware of the challenges that happen there your content online is not the only existing content um For example, if we try to build trust between parliament and citizens, there is also content online that affects the trust uh, that citizens have in their institutions. So it is definitely an opportunity, but it's not without challenges, if I may say. Uh, We've noticed since we started working that there is a lot of interest Uh, in our work online with parliament, but we try to use that interest both from the side of citizens and institutions to actually make something happen offline, concretely. Um, Again, it really has to do with with your approach. Um, We've seen, for example, projects that work with parliament in different countries. And I think Tunisia, you have a project
1: Yes, like a civil
0: society organization that works with with parliament. But the difference is in the approach. um, When we started working with parliament, you can do, basically you can do many things, but two main approaches. Do you want to collaborate with the institution um, to actually work with them to be more open? Or do you just want to help, to hold them accountable from from a distance? Um, and I think it's a choice that you have to make based on your context and also on what you want to get to. In Morocco, we, 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 um, we just saw more benefits in working with the institution itself and assisting it to become more open um, and use whatever opportunities that are online to make something happen concretely. So if we, let's say, have interest from the side of parliamentarians on a certain issue, and it's also something that citizens are interested in, we try to get civil society organizations and parliamentarians to sit together and do something around it offline. Uh, And we also realize that sometimes we have more, you know, bigger expectations than what some institutions can offer. At the moment, so we 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 have to be aware of that as well, and we have to, we pretty much we have to adapt our speed mm-hmm. to uh, what the context provides and what those institutions are ready for at the moment. there, there can be some frustration here, um, but again, that's our approach, and I think it's all a matter of, of perspective and approach.
1: So let's expand a little bit on that, Ismail. Uh, When you started the project to work with the parliament, was it more, let's say, of course, there is the mindset, the the openness to actually uh, collaborate on such project. Um, But let's start with the parliamentarians, the institution in itself. Um, What was, let's say, the journey to maybe, um, in a way, agree with them or, let's say, um, have them as a partner? Uh, Did you see any evolution through time and through this journey? Um, How is it?
0: Yeah, so it it has been quite a learning experience for us. Uh, In 2014, the idea was to put a platform online, um, put parliamentary information on that platform, um, activate their accounts and allow citizens to reach out to them. And the representatives in parliament will answer whatever questions um, or request for information is submitted are submitted to them through the platform. Uh, so that's pretty much the idea. Uh, when the team reached out to 395 parliamentarians, we received only one response. Only yeah. one parliamentarian was ready to be on the platform and to interact with students. And that's, I think, was, you know, to be expected because it was the first time that they would do something like, like this with a civil society organization. Um, they don't know what it, it entails. Um, they are most of the time um, attacked in a way on social media because the discussion is not moderated on social media. Um, lots of accusations and it's basically not a constructive dialogue when it comes to social media uh, because people can say whatever they want so it took time to actually convince them that the discussion on our nova book platform will be moderated the way we do it is that we have a we have a code of conduct on the platform that regulates if i may say the conversations between parliamentarians and citizens and uh the Noabook team does the moderation, so we only accept questions that fit a certain criteria. And the only thing that really they have to respect is, you know, it, you know, people need to ask their questions in a respectful manner, mm-hmm. uh, and it has to do with uh, the work of of, of Parliament. So it took time to convince them um, that actually it's like a safe space where a constructive dialogue can happen. And since then, we've seen a lot of evolution. We've grown to work with um, more than 130 parliamentarians from different political parties. And we've organized a lot of events around um, parliament where we bring Uh, One of the initiatives we started back then also to um, encourage parliamentarians to participate was the online town hall meetings, which is now, um, we changed its name to Café Politico. So it's basically an online discussion, live discussion where we uh, host parliamentarians, civil society activists, like academics, and also um, journalists uh, to have a conversation about um public policies legislation or whatever other discussion is is, is relevant um, so we've seen a lot of evolution we've seen a lot of interest from parliament and we've also grown to work um, with the institution itself uh one thing we did last year in collaboration with with the um, chamber of representatives is we submitted to them uh, a technical study of their website We've asked them to update their website to provide more information on it and uh make it more accessible um, to uh, to citizens and users. And that's something that they've uh positively uh reacted to. And their, their platform has been updated. Uh they've also asked us to work with them on training journalists on parliamentary reporting. We've just issued um uh, we've just uh finished um, a guide for journalists and we plan to use it to train journalists on how to uh, report on uh, parliamentary work. So there has definitely been a lot of progress since 2014. There is a lot of interest. Uh, we try to build on the small successes we had with the institution, um, but it's been it's been going. It's been going very well while trying to keep like a coordination approach, like a support approach where we support the institution. There are definitely a lot of things we would like to see move faster. There are things we do not like, uh, but we do also realize that, you know, these things take time Um, and that's, that's what we do. We just like try to support as much as we can, talk to them as much as we can see where our work can help as much as possible, and just be patient. Um, one thing also, when we launched the new platform, is that we've realized after a year that we had to go back and educate citizens on what parliament does. Uh, if you want... We can expand citizen.
1: on that, but you know, I, I think if there is something we can also take from your answer is that don't be discouraged when at first the institutions are not responsive in a way. Um, so, yes, mine. let's go ahead and speak of, okay, so we spoke on the part when it comes to the institution, whether it's parliament or different, but also let's speak about the receptivity and the engagement from the citizens. Um, how was it? And what are, let's say, the feedback, but also what are the interests that show that maybe that's the point that citizens are interested in and want to know more?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean there is there is there is there is a lot of interest. It's that most of the time citizens do not understand what's happening inside parliament, and some conversations are not clear to them. There is no access to information on what parliament does. There is no in Morocco, for example, we don't have a parliamentary channel. Um, in Morocco, the discussions within the parliamentary committees um, are private; uh, they cannot be attended. Uh, like uh, sorry, they cannot be. Uh, Citizens cannot participate in them, or they cannot see what happens inside the committees by constitution. They are sort of secret. Um, there are exceptions, but the general norm is that they're secret, secret comes, secret discussions within the parliamentary committees. Uh, during COVID, it was interesting because I think parliament has to adapt, had to adapt a little bit, uh, because parliamentarians could not be. A, could not come to parliament like all of them. So they uh, streamed the discussions in the committees uh, on their platform. And there was there was a lot of interest from what you can see um in the media, from what you can see in discussions online, or even like in the discussion on the live uh, live broadcast of the of the discussions. There was a lot of it, it, there is a lot of interest from citizens. It's that uh, sometimes you have to explain what is happening like so that people can follow the discussion and you have to provide simplified information sometimes. So that's something we started when we launched the platform that we realized that a lot of questions we received on the platform had to do with local issues or had to do with issues that parliamentarians do not work on um that other institutions work on. So we had to go back and organize workshops, produce videos, infographics on what parliament and parliamentarians do and what where they can where they can interfere. Um, and we it had to be expected because it, it was an institution that really was closed in a way. For 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 decades, and it was the first time. And I think that institution just didn't re, didn't realize or didn't know how to uh, adapt to the new um, changes in society and how people find what expects information to 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 exist online in in a way where they can they can use it. For example, now we have there is an in, access to information law in Morocco, uh, but some of the challenges. Is that the information that is provided, do you have to request the information from the institution or does the institution have to proactively share the information on their website? So there are lots of uh, discussions happening around this and parliament, I think, from point of view, can do better because it's expected to lead. Um, to provide an example to other institutions on citizen's access to information. So I'd have to say that there is is interest. It's not always positive interest from the side of citizens. It's not always an informed interest, but that's the role of civil society organizations like that. That's the role of the media, and that's the role of the parliamentary institution itself, is to provide information, provide correct information, information that's timely and clear for citizens to understand, be able to um, understand and also engage in the discussions happening in Parliament, because some of those discussions sometimes can be complicated uh, or not accessible at all.
1: So in a way, let's say um, the interest is there, but it's also about taking it to the next steps, uh, see what we can do with that interest and how to actually inform more citizens. Um, Absolutely. Yes. So regarding that, um, in the region, in North African region, we have like, for instance, Morocco has an access to information law. Same for uh, Tunisia. Obviously, they are not perfect, but we work with that. Um, I think Egypt is also working on one now. And one of the things when it's about the right to access information is that it's also about how you actually present the information. If it's available or not. And you already spoke a little bit about, you know, the idea of that you have to request it and wait if they provide it or not. Um, How do you see that obviously technology is being used or, let's say, leveraging that right? And how um, is it also important to actually see how that information is presented? Like if it's like, I don't know, for instance, a document with 500 uh, pages, it's, it's very different, you know, from when you present it in more uh, suitable way and then um, experts or people that have so much interest, more more interest would go da- and dive deep into details. Um, do you think that's something that maybe civil society should focus on, how to present information? And even for the parliament and public institutions, is that a pillar for a right to access to information or no? It's like maybe... Maybe it's not the case.
0: Yeah, I think um, on access to information, and that's something we've worked on since we uh, uh, had uh, an access to information law in Morocco. Um, and there, are, there are, it's it's a good thing. Let's start with saying that you know the existence of legislation on access to information is better than you know not having it at all um after that once you have it there you, you have to look into it. you have to you know a reflex is to look at the law and criticize it say that it limits people's access to information or that it's not effective enough or that it doesn't uh, it doesn't support a culture of access to information uh, openness or um, in whatever country in like say Morocco or Tunisia and that that is true I mean if you look if you look at it you can also you can always find instances where you would say you know this article limits uh, citizens participation or access to information more than it supports it um, and that's a conversation we had to have internally uh, at SimSim uh, but also say you know we can spend time criticizing the law but we can also spend time educating citizens about it and have them use whatever opportunities it provides and then find the challenges, try to push uh, the institutions in charge to fix these challenges. Uh, I'll give an example. The One of the early discussions we had was why doesn't the government create a platform where citizens can Easily submit access to information requests instead of having to go in person to a certain institution, um, and we were were very lucky because that's something that was done at an early stage in Morocco. So we had we didn't have to push uh, a lot for that. There was uh, the Shafafi, I think Shafafi, had email platform where citizens can can submit their requests uh, of information. Uh, but beyond that, there are there are other chances. So one thing we did is in addition to organizing workshops where we tell people about their right of access to information and how to practice it and what can they do with the information after they receive it, uh, we also ourselves submitted, I think, between 80 to 100 requests of information on the Shafafia platform, which is a government uh, platform. And we just tracked... We tracked those uh, requests. How much time do they take to answer? Did they answer us within the delays uh, uh, that they have in the law? Is there coordination between governmental institutions? And then we issued periodic reports that were um, you know, widely, I think, shared by the media. There was an interest from citizens. Um, My idea is that you have to start somewhere. The the, the fact that there is a law there on access to information that regulates the whole whole thing is a good thing. But then civil society has the responsibility to take it forward because we cannot just expect, I think, governments to uh, take it forward. I think they like to take their time with things like these. Um, Citizens are not always you know, informed or if they are informed, they don't know how to practice their access to information right. And also when they do, there are, you know, there is frustration and there is challenges because sometimes you would go to an institution and they're not, you know, the request is not uh, taken or into consideration or it is if it's taken by the institution, they do not respond to them on time and the delays and the process is just very, uh, sometimes can be exhausting and frustrating. Uh, so we cannot just, as civil society, just, you know, stand and watch. Uh, we have to educate citizens about this, right? We have to also practice it as uh, civil society organizations and push the government to do better where they can. And again, it's, it's, it's going to take time. It's a new, cult. it's sort of a new culture um, that everybody has to get used to. We will meet a lot of challenges uh, but as civil society organizations, we have to center ourselves um, at the lead um, of this new culture and try to educate citizens on one side, assist them, uh, and also uh, hold the government accountable and push them push them forward. We need uh, the goal is really to have um, a law that supports and encourages civic participation and citizens' access to information, rather than limiting it. And the use of online platforms um, can, can make it can make it easy and more effective.
1: So in a way you are pretty much working with what you have, but also maybe establishing or hoping for to or pushing actually for um, better tools to work with. Um, so on expanding on that, Ismail, I would love to to hear your thoughts when it comes to, you know, let's say if there is few things that you think um, may be uh, in a way beneficial or that could be done by the state to actually push for uh, further engagement from the citizens. Um, we, see, we see them sometimes when it goes to, when it comes to elections, when it comes to, you know, uh, political tense periods. What do you think would be tools that can leverage the work of civil society and actually engage more citizens in the uh, public debates.
0: Sorry, can you say that again? Sorry.
1: So I was asking you if, if you think there were like few steps, or let's say if now we can have few requests for to, uh, to states to actually make steps to push for further participation when it comes to citizens in the public debates and the public decision as well. What you think are um those steps could be whether it's like laws or maybe further implementation of certain laws or certain um mindset yeah. what yeah if, no, can I see you it. wish for something in Morocco now? what would it be
0: yeah, I think I think really um you know for the government before you know coming to the level where we have a law and then we invite civil society to look into it and tell us what's wrong with it, we have to involve civil society and citizens in an earlier process um, because this is going to help us create quality legislation on access to information or civic participation or whatever other aspect that is going to take us forward instead of like, all right, let's wait to have the law and then let's criticize it and then let's find the challenges and then let's submit reports on what the government can do better. We call for an earlier participation of civil society and citizens in the legislation process, because if we were part of this, when the law was in the making, we were going to push for more use of online platforms. We were going to uh, push uh, for you know, shorter deadlines on responding to citizens access to information requests. We were going to give civil society a role um, in, uh, you know, the follow-up and also in um, assisting the government in the implementation of the law. So the, I think an earlier participation of citizens and civil society will be beneficial in this in this in this case. And the second thing is, uh, you cannot produce legislation into twenty twenty two the same way you did in the 90s or the 80s. Uh, Contexts have changed, populations I think have changed and different things have changed. So legislation should also you know, be at the level of progress, development, expectations of societies and, and, and citizens. And the use of technology is something that should be present in whatever mechanisms we um produced for civic participation, or civic engagement, or civic access to information, or advocacy, or civil society, because it's present in our lives now. Um, Imagine if we have an access to information law, but we do not create a a governmental platform online where citizens can reach out to um, the government or governmental institutions to access information. Imagine if we have this law and then we still ask citizens to go in person to print a form, to fill it out and also take it in person to um, whatever institution they would like to request information from. Um, So we call for more inclusion of citizens, more inclusion of civil society in the early processes of legislation. We call for the inclusion of civil society in the implementation. Uh, of these mechanisms, of the laws, um, and also we call for the use of whatever opportunities technology, uh, social plat like online platforms can uh, provide to um, generate to create more interest from citizens, more engagement, more engagement from them. Because I think it's very, it's very important in a time where. There is less and less trust in governments, in governmental institutions, and official institutions overall. We should be doing more um, to reinforce the trust um, and to have citizens as partners. And also this will lead me to talking about civil societies that we need to give more space for civil society to work. Um, We need more, I think, democracy in the region. something that is always, you know, in the heart of the discussions that we have as civil societies, that we need more space, we need more democracy um, in the work of, of civil society, because I think it can only lead to positive, positive outcomes.
1: I couldn't agree more on that. Um, one last question, is, Ismail, is you already started speaking about the importance for civil society to actually uh, focus us as well on the context where what where are you doing your work? Actually, it's super important. Um, what are, let's say, your thoughts on how to sustain, but also how to implement civic technology and, um, in a way, engage more citizens by civil society in the region, of course, in our, uh, in our contexts that are super similar? Um, what do you think civil society should focus on and leverage in the future?
0: Yeah, I think uh, when we talk about the workers' civil society in the region, it's very important uh, on different levels. But the challenges that civil society face in the MENA region are enormous in some cases. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not saying it's the same everywhere. You know, civil society enjoy different opportunities and faces different challenges from country to country in the region. Uh, but overall, it's not an easy task that civil society does um, in the minor region. Sustainability of the work is one 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 very big challenge. And when we talk about civic tech and we talk about engagement of citizens, we need to have sort of a, a knowledge transfer from the side of civil society towards governmental institutions. Um, because I think that's the only way, like let's say if we do on the Nuabo platform, create a constructive dialogue, constructive discussion between citizens and parliamentarians. We're doing it because parliament was not doing it in 2014. But what what we would like to see is actually we would like to transfer this task. We would like to transfer the knowledge we've acquired and the experience we've gained. We would like to transfer that to parliament because we would like to see parliament uh, interact with citizens. We do not want to be the intermediary organization between citizens and parliament. But what, what, basically we were filling a void and we would like to see parliament take on this responsibility and do it. So we are ready to transfer our knowledge. We're ready to transfer the experience. We're ready to train. I mean, if it comes to that, we were ready to train parliamentary uh, you know, staff to do this work. Um, but I think there is an opportunity here because we're, all, we're, we're always saying that I think Um, the government or public institutions should be more open. They should be more um, present online. Uh, They should provide more information online proactively. Uh, There is, they're not doing it. They're not doing it very well. So I think civil society can start with create, like filling the void, but with the ultimate goal of transferring that task, training, you know, the government in a way, or their staff to uh, take on this responsibility because that's one way for it to uh, remain, uh, become sustainable. Um, And that's also a way that civil society can can always like state that um, the government or public institutions have the biggest or the bigger responsibility in engaging citizens and being uh, in contact with them, um, having dialogue Channels always open. Um, So I think, as I said, civil society can start, but we can always transfer this. We can always push the government, public institutions to take on the the task, the responsibility. We can always assist. Uh, I don't think civil society will run out of issues to work on in the near future. So it's just an important you know if I work with Parliament, I would like to see them do this in the future because we would like to move on to do something else and there is always you know there is always an interest and, and benefit uh, in us moving to do to do to do other work.
1: Amazing. Uh, Smile, thank you so much for all the uh, all your input. I think it would be of huge interest to our audience. One last thing, where can our audience find you on the internet and how can they follow the, your work?
0: Yeah, so um, mainly I think if it, you know people are interested in the work, they can go to our website, simsim.ma. Uh, they can also find us on social media, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and other platforms. Just type in SimSim Participation Citoyenne or our project, noabook.ma, or other projects, article Vansat, or whatever. But I think if you mainly just go to SimSim's website, you will find all the information you need.
1: We will make sure as well to link um, to have the links actually in the show notes for them to access and maybe uh, reach out to you. Thank you again, Ismail, and it was a pleasure to have you.
0: Thank you very much for having me and good luck.
1: This was Ismail El-Souk, executive director of Simpson Participation Citoyenne, a Moroccan NGO that supports citizens' participation in public debates through the use of technology. Ismail spoke to us about his NGO experience implementing civic tech projects in Morocco, partner up with public institutions and the feedback they received. With Ismail, we also spoke about the right to access information in Morocco, what challenges are being faced in practice and what steps to take forward. For further details on our guest and summary of this episode in Arabic, French, and English, make sure to visit www.shtliourspodcast.com or simply by checking the show notes. Thank you again for listening, and till next time.
0: This project is brought to you by Technoloxia Group, technical partner, Wildtunes Production. This project has been carried out in the context of the African Digital Rights Fund, provided by the collaboration on international ICT policy for Eastern and Southern Africa.